Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. Welcome back. This is Triple Play Tuesdays, brought to you by Tuesdays Live Sportscast. Where there is no off-season. Sports, 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 sports. All day, every day. Thank you for tuning in to Triple Play Tuesdays. I am your host, Shane Moore. We come, come on and talk Minnesota sports every Tuesday night. They got us slotted in prime time. 7 o'clock Central, 8 o'clock for our friends on the East Coast. Can't tell it outside right now, but Minnesota's the hot place to be. And I'm fire. Bulls, wild. Quinn's home opener this week. Hey. I'm on fire like California in the summer. This place is hot. We're going about this show tonight a little different than we have in the past. A lot of the times what we do is we kind of recap what's happened since we last talked. I don't think that's very fun. It's a good time. Trust me, I love being able to talk to you guys, but I want to be able to put more of my own thoughts out there for everyone. Because here, listen up. At the end of the day, you can go out and look at box scores all you want. You have that ability. I don't have to read from them. That's not giving you the insider mind of a Minnesota fan. So that's what we're going to start doing. Enough with the box scores. Enough with the recap of what happened every week. We'll throw in little recaps and we'll look at some numbers here and there. We'll continue to take a look at what's coming up for each team. But I'm not going to sit down and go through statistics every week. Oh, Lord. And I wanted to point that out now so that when we move into baseball season, we'll, we'll be talking a lot of twins on this show as we move forward, especially now with opening day only a few days away, coming up on Thursday. When it comes to baseball, we can talk statistics to death, to absolute death. We see and we hear that all the time. Go look at any beat writer for the Twins if you want to get that stuff. There's a lot of good ones out there. John Bonus, Brandon Warren. Tons of great writers. You can go look there if you want the stats and statistics. I'm not a big sabermetrics guy. I say that out loud. Yeah, not huge into sabermetrics. I understand they have a place in the game. They're useful to a certain extent. But when it comes to a day-by-day thing, in the moment, pitch-by-pitch, listen, the numbers don't matter. I'm a firm believer in that. So if you want to talk sabermetrics, we can talk about it on a grand scale. I'm all for that. 
especially when we're talking about contracts, what we think guys are going to be doing, like projection-wise in the future. I actually have a uh, baseball, fantasy baseball draft that I'll, uh, I won't be doing it live here. But so I'm into the statistics. I like the numbers. I'm a numbers guy. It's entertaining to look at. And I think as a front office, when you start looking at players that you're going to sign, we start talking about money, deals that are going to be made, trades. What are we getting in return for X, Y, and Z? Yeah. Yeah, let's look at some stats. Okay. Let's go out. Let's look at a FIP. When we're talking about the MVP voting at the end of the season, we're looking at who should be in an all-star game, who shouldn't be. Let's look at some stats. Let's let's dive in and let's look at some deeper stats than just average home runs and RBIs. But you're not going to convince me that in the game, in the moment, you need to be looking at those. Not to the extent some people out there believe anyway. You could look at it and say, hey, Max Kepler, you know, just a few years ago, really struggled with lefties. Okay. So you probably bat Max lower. Now you turned it around a little bit. Now he's just struggling overall. That's fine. He's going to have a huge bounce back season. I know. He's on a super friendly team deal, him and Polanco. Twins did a great job signing both of them to extensions when they did. But you're not going to catch me for one second breaking down the Twins game and telling you by the numbers why Rocco made a mistake. Not. Not here. Not on Triple Play Tuesdays. No, ma'am. No, sir. I'm going to watch the game. I'm going to tell you what he did wrong. I'm going to tell you what he did right. I'm not a huge Rocco lover, but I like the guy. I look at any coach that any Minnesota sports team has a lot like a presidency. They're not going to be here forever. It really has no effect on me. I don't see it changing my life. And I hope they do well while they're here. Plain and simple. If the coach does well, the team obviously is doing a good job. If the country's doing great, the president's probably doing a good job. All right, enough politics. As we said to open the show, Minnesota's the hottest place to be right now, especially if you're a, a uh, professional sports team here in town. The Wild are now comfortably out of what is starting to shape into a very exciting wild card race in the Western Conference. And you know what? It's way better to have that exciting wild card race when you're nowhere near it, when you don't have to be a part of it. You're not sitting there praying for overtime. Please get that next goal so we can at least get a point out of this. No, not the wild. We invite overtime in the state of hockey. We say bring overtime on. We'll beat you then. You want extra time on the ice with us? Foolish. Wild have done nothing but absolutely crush basically every team they've been 
playing outside of the Penguins, which, hey, they lost. They're 9-0. 9 9-0-1, excuse me, on their last 10 games. Hottest team in the NHL right now. We went from just a few weeks ago hitting the panic button. Fast forward to last week, recapping why that panic button was hit, what was going on with them, looking for a goalie, looking for a defenseman, looking for anything. Just some help. Someone to start a fire under these boys. All of them but one person. Kirill the Thrill. Who now, after this last weekend, is now the leading points getter in wild franchise history. Not really a surprise with the season that he's been having, but I think a surprise to people that it happened so quickly, that he's turned this team around almost single-handedly. There's a lot of guys having career years. Joel uh, Erickson Eck had his 21st goal of the season, I believe. That's a new career high. Another not real old guy, though, either. We can, we can expect that out of him. But there's tons of guys having career years. And that is why the Wild decided, hey, we're going to go all in. We're going to push all the tables to the center, all the chips to the center of the table. This is their year. This is their chance. That's something a lot of Minnesotan teams haven't done, and we've begged for it. We have begged and begged and begged. 2010, perfect example of us begging, begging a team to just go all in. It's the 2010 Vikings I'm referring to. Obviously, 2009 should have been a Super Bowl season. Should have won the Super Bowl. Saints absolutely stole that from us. Stole it, and I will never forgive them for it, ever. Sean Payton, no. If Sean Payton wanted to come on to this show and do an interview, no. Not invited. I don't want to talk to you. I do not care for you. I do not like you. And then when you had the audacity, I will repeat it, the audacity, to come in to the bank, U.S. Bank, and start doing the skull clap? Buddy. Who do you think you are? You're not that guy, pal. Not that guy. So the Wild are finally pushing all in. They have their franchise guy in Kirill the Thrill, who just got to play against his hero over the weekend, Ovi. I actually met Ovi one time, and when I say meet, I had my head down walking through Rice Park. They were coming back. They must have just finished up morning skate. We're headed back to what I imagine they were staying at the St. Paul Hotel and uh, ran into him, literally ran into him. Uh, well, walked in and uh, bumped right into him, much shorter than I ever thought he was. Uh, was pretty gray at the time. Now he's almost full gray. And uh, I didn't even realize it, and I was so starstruck and just, oh. I had no idea it was him until some little kid behind me goes, Hey, Obi. 
Will you sign this puck? Did he stop and sign the puck? Absolutely he did. He's a man of the people. Ovi gets it. But now we have one. The kid, the thrill, the franchise, got to play against this hero. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Now leads all wild players ever to don the sweater, to tighten up the laces, to skate with the frozen biscuit in points. And it's fitting. And it's right. And this season, we have a lot of those storylines, plenty of them, to have a big run, to make a big run, to go do something special and bring that cup home. Now, I'm not planning the parade route just yet. It should be in St. Paul, though. If they do it in Minneapolis, oh, I will be sick. I will be sick to my stomach, and I will not go. It should be in St. Paul, right down Old West 7th. That'd be great. God, that'd be a good time, wouldn't it? You think St. Patrick's Day is crazy down in West 7th? Wait till the Wild drink back the cup. Lord Stanley's never seen something so fine. But the franchise, the 24-year-old franchise, coming from overseas to a land he's never seen, stepping in, becoming the greatest player that this this team has ever had in two short seasons honestly we were looking like we might be going for a rebuild we really were we just shipped off the two vets Parisian suitor and honestly at that point no one liked them anyway so see a bye why did people not like them? Well, it turns out there were cancers in the locker room. Many reports of that. And we were told that those two would be the cornerstone of what undoubtedly was going to be many runs for the Cup. Not just one, but many. It was touted and sold to all of us that they were going to bring home the cup. Instead, they brought mediocrity. Year after year after year. You know what? Some, some cities, some fan paces, even ones here, would be fine with that. But are we? No. Not in the state of hockey. We want cups. We settle for nothing less. Making the playoffs around here, although as bleak as it may seem with some of our sports teams, when it comes to hockey, is an absolute must. Year after year, there is literally zero reason. Zero. That the state of hockey cannot get their team to the playoffs every year. This isn't Detroit. With a town of hockey or something, it's a town. 
That town is run down. That town has no tourism. That town is collapsing upon itself. Are you surprised that the town of hockey, the city of hockey, whatever they want to claim, has struggling seasons? No. It's a struggle of life in Detroit. Not just hockey. Life is tough in Detroit. If you don't believe me, just go watch Eight Nile. The Wolves are on fire still. They're taking on the Wizards tonight. Wizards having a tough season. The Wolves did lose to them early on in the season. I can't remember back then now if uh, that brought them to 500 or sank them just below it. Anyway, 500 is, is the number we're no longer concerned with around here. Unless it's 500 points. 500 buckets. The Wolves have won their last two games. They had a bit of a road uh, road trip when they played Boston, Toronto. They went to Denver, went to Houston. Now going to be home against the Wizards in a game that they undoubtedly should win. That game against Denver, we talked about it last week. A must-win game for the Wolves. That was That was a game where if you lose, you're the seventh seed. Basically locking yourself in at that point. But if you win, if you win, you're staying alive. Yeah, more of a shot at that six seed. Running after a five seed not get ahead of ourselves. I don't think that's going to happen. But the Wolves have made it through their toughest stretch. They're counting down the games at this point at Target Center. There's only three left. Two after tonight against Washington. And there are three home games then the season. I will point out how weird it is, though, that at hockey, I mean, gosh, what the wild, I think they have like 14 games left, something like that, pretty close to. Hockey is, is going to be wrapping up much later than basketball this year, something that you know, we don't see very often. But there's the Olympics there, and you know, for a while, I guess some of the NHL players thought they were going to go. Obviously, that didn't pan out. Either really did the Olympics this year. Probably the least viewed Olympics in all of Olympic history. I don't think that comes to much of a shock to anyone. It's starting to lose its luster a little bit here. But the Wolves should beat Washington. 
and then they're on their way to the playoffs. And then it's just about who do you get in the playoffs? Do you get that LA team that was really, you know, that you talked a ton of smack to? You really ticked off. Do you really want to play LeBron James in the playoffs? Eh, not really. Would we beat LA in the playoffs? Yes. Yes, we would. Why? Because we'd get under their skin. That LA team is fragile. LeBron's not the guy he was before. None of those players are anymore. It's become the the island for misfit toys. LeBron and all of his friends, all of his old, old friends. Is Anthony Davis good? Yeah. Is Russ? Sure. He fills up stat sheets. They have what it takes to make a deep run this year in the NBA playoffs? No. No, they do not. Is LeBron probably going to leave and go somewhere else and try again? Most likely in Cleveland? Yeah. Yeah. Does anyone here in the great state of Minnesota care? No. Certainly not. One of the other reasons I'm tired of just looking at box scores, regurgitating them, this is what happened, this is who scored, this is who had a good game, had a bad game. Because you can flip on something like ESPN and listen to the talking heads there spew their numbers statistics and what their thoughts are. Last Wednesday night, I was at bowling. And I look up at the, the TV. The Wolves game was on. I'd been watching it and it ended. And yes, it ended sadly. We don't have to get into a great discussion on that right now. But then they, they flipped it over to the NFL Network. Now, I don't know how many of you watch the NFL Network. I don't. I'm not one of those guys that... Uh, the NFL is all I care about. I don't sit down and watch combine from start to finish. I know people that do, and hey, it's great. Great for you. If that's what brings you joy, stay at it. But during this time of year, I want to see basketball. I want to see March Madness. I want to see the NBA down the final stretch. I want to see what the NHL is shaping out to be. I'm extremely excited for baseball. I don't need to talk about the NFL. If you've noticed here on the show, we don't talk about the Vikes a whole lot right now. If you're a huge Viking fan, and if you just want to talk about where the Vikings are going to be in the draft and who they're going to take, I've told you. I've been, so far, 100% accurate on what the Vikings are doing and going to do. 
think back of the Kirk Cousins conversations we've had right here on these airwaves. While everyone sat around discussing what they're going to do with Kurt, who they're going to trade him for, take a step back and look at reality, folks. That was never going to happen. So I'll tell you this now. When it's Viking season, are we going to talk nothing but skull purple? Yeah. Wire to wire some nights? Yeah. Are we going to in the dog days of summer? No. The Vikings should draft a cornerback. There's a kid down at LSU. He's pretty damn good. Draft him. That's what you need. But when I was watching the NFL Network on TV last Wednesday night at Bowling. They were going through their mock drafts, right? Is McShay's like 8.032 remainder divided by pi whatever draft. These guys are running out of ideas and things to talk about, folks. They had on there an expert, an expert on their panel. There was a guy, his resume, you know, they throw up their resumes on, on ESPN and on the NFL Network. And they threw up his resume on there, and he had been a part of the front office for the Miami Dolphins. So I'll repeat that. His credentials for why he was on the show and why his opinion mattered that night was because he had been in the front office of the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins. Are you kidding me? We couldn't find anyone else? He spent like 20 years there. Tell me the last good Dolphin team in the last 20 years. We're going to listen to draft expertise from this guy? Whew. Tell you what would be more entertaining. You go get Joe Sack Donuts down in Miami. Bring him on. Let him tell you what the Dolphins should be doing, what their pick should be. Let's hear that guy out. Let's listen to the guy that spends every Sunday miserable because he's got to watch the flipping Dolphins. How about the lifelong fan that only saw Dan Marino reach the Super Bowl one time? Find that guy. He's probably sitting at some bar, some local watering hole down in Miami, watching this, going, that guy? We're reaching that air. You can't talk about the NFL all year long. Just like the combine. I saw a highlight today as I was scrolling through social media. Again, the NFL Network. And what they had on there was some large human being. Don't remember his name. Don't really care, to be honest. 
and they were talking about running backs that uh, had set set the record for bench. How many reps? The 225 bench reps. And this large man goes up there and reps out 45. Very impressive. Very well done. And then they show like the list of all the running backs and like the highest and the best and like the I think the best was 36 if I remember correctly. Couldn't tell you by who because guess what? It doesn't matter. Chet McKinn, I think, was third on the list. Probably the only guy that's still in the NFL. Literally barely hanging on by shreds in his knee. Again, now if the, if the combine's your thing, hey, more power to you. But to sit around and speculate on who's going to get picked, who should get picked, because the combine, because they ran a 40 faster than some other guy, Oh, Lord, stop it. Just stop it. Unless you're breaking loose, as Paul Allen would say, it doesn't matter what your 40 time is. Sure, we don't want you to be as slow as molasses, but my goodness, is the different in fractions of a second on a 40 time really what matters? It's not. It's not. Jarvis Landry had one of the slowest 40 times that you're going to see out of a wide receiver. And you know what? He's a pretty damn good one. Is he the greatest receiver ever? No. Has he been one of the best in the league at a time or two? Yeah, I mean... Top 10 maybe? Top 15? Somewhere in there maybe? Not today, but at a time, yes. Did his 40 time affect where he's getting drafted? Absolutely. And why? Marvin Harrison wasn't exactly blazing speed. But the dude could run a route. Same thing with Jarvis Landry. Dude can just flat out run routes. Devin Hester, how good of a uh, wide receiver was he? He wasn't. Oh, he came in as a cornerback. Whatever. The dude was a special team specialist. That's it. Until just recently, within this last year, have we seen Cordell Patterson be utilized in the correct way? So, no, we're not going to spend a ton of time here in the next few weeks talking about the Vikes. All right? If you're looking for a Viking fix, go out on the web, go watch ESPN, go watch the NFL Network. You'll get all the fixing that you need. 
But here we got bigger things to talk about. We got the Wolves headed to the playoffs. We have the Wild heads to the playoffs. Wild have one of the best players in the league, the Wolves. Have one of the best big men in the league. And arguably, maybe the most exciting young guy in the league that just isn't talked about enough, man. He had a stellar night the other night. 34 points. Kind of getting back into the groove, if you will. Which is kind of expected. I mean, he's been hurt. He's had some little bang-ups and everything. So getting him healthy is what's important right now with the T-Pups. Getting him right. He had those shooting woes for a little while. I think uh, you know, those are going to come. They're going to go. This Thursday marks the start of Major League Baseball. We're back, baby. This offseason for baseball, while it was semi-entertaining with the player lockout, again, we, you know, I shouldn't say the player lockout, just the uh, baseball lockout, it's a combo. It's it's the owners and the players. We talked at length about this before. But what it did do was it made baseball and its free agency period here in spring training very exciting. And kind of in a weird way, I think that was good for baseball. Yes, the lockout hurt while it was going on. But I think coming out of it with the frenzy that we saw, I think that was good. What's cool about baseball, and I to start talking too much about the NFL again, but what one very vast difference is, is trades. In baseball, you can make a trade and have an immediate impact on that team. Football, yeah, you can to a certain extent. But you don't expect as much out of a guy that's been traded. Part of the reason is they, they have to learn a new playbook. They have to learn a new scheme. There's a lot that goes into football on the six days, a week that they're not playing. That doesn't get a ton of attention sometimes. And Quite frank, I don't know how a quarterback remembers all the plays. I have no idea. They're out there yelling Rambo 48. Audibling to Schwarzenegger 9. I would honestly, I'd be standing at the line of scrimmage or in the backfield going, What do you want me to do? Baseball, you know, the first baseman isn't turning over to the second baseman and saying, purple nine, red 15. No. It's a beautiful game where bat ball, fielding, throwing, 
this is what you need to do to be a good baseball player. You gotta hit, you gotta run, you gotta field, and you gotta throw. That's it. That's all it takes to be good. And sometimes if you're just really, really good at one of those things, like maybe throwing or even hitting, that's all you need to be good at. Think of how many just throwers get drafted. If you're a baseball guy, a baseball fan, you'll understand what I mean by throwers. You know, there's an art to pitching. Even when we see guys that are, you know, throwing 100 miles an hour, like, say, a Garrett Cole, there's an art to what he's doing. It may not be on the same canvas of a Greg Maddox. But again, there are no duplications of what Greg Maddox did. I would put him on a plane more with a, uh, a Roger Clemens. A young rocket. But there's an art to it. And so it's been good for baseball to have a frenzy because it got people talking about the game again. It got people excited, especially a lot of people around here. I mean, we went through something that the Twins really haven't seen or have had happen really since, like, Shan Stewart. We went out and got the best free agent there was. We got a guy that we can stick automatically right away in the three-hole every single day. Go play what some consider the most important position every single day at short. I don't consider it the most important, but it's, it's definitely right up there. Being a former pitcher, obviously, I'm going to say the pitcher's the most important thing. Now, all the catchers out there will argue that, that catchers are more important. They're calling the game. They're, they're telling people where to throw, where the cuts need to be. Okay, okay, I get that, too. Shortstops really are kind of the captain of the infield, though. We got a good one. Not even just a good one. We got the best one. We went from Trevor's story, which was very exciting. Would have done a lot for the fan base here in Minnesota. To not really hearing anything more about it. Went from just sitting and waiting, literally refreshing Twitter over and over and over again, just in, in anticipation for the news that he would be signing with the Twins. Huge waste of refreshes. Good thing they're unlimited. Mr. Unlimited. But you could be sitting there right now and you'd know he's not coming. And we started to get that vibe and we started to get worried. I, for one, thought we may have just traded our opening day shortstop to the Yankees. For Gary Sanchez. Whew. 
It was a little scary there for a little while. We add Correa. And all of a sudden, this team's got a lot of upside. People start liking this team a bit. People start to see that the brain trust doesn't want to do a rebuild. They want to win now. And they still have some stuff to do as far as pitching goes. The pitching, while they've been adding bits and pieces, still needs to get improved. I don't think there's any doubt. I don't think you'd walk up to any Minnesotan, ask them what the Twins need to do. I'm pretty sure you'd get a resounding pitching. It's what they need. Always have, always will. Just like every other major league team. That's not just a Minnesota thing. Just so everyone's aware, every team wants, needs more pitching. Unless you're maybe the, the Padres who've just they got a stacked roto. The Dodgers have a pretty good roto. Shoot. I mean, even the White Sox, they have a decent rotation. You know, and we're still trying to kind of piece it together here with the road toe. We'll get there. Joe Ryan starting opening day. Let's go. Played amateur ball with uh, Joe Ryan's roommate. And when the news came that he was a part of the trade, and he'd be coming to Minnesota, one of the first things his roommate had said to me was, you're going to love this guy. He's your prototypical Cali surfer dude, and the media is going to eat it up. What have they done? They've eaten it up. He's extremely entertaining. He's great with the media. Turns out, pretty damn good pitcher, too. Excited for him. Excited to see him on opening day. And this Twins team has a lot of upside. Now, if we can add a few pieces and maybe call up some of these young arms that we have, let them test the water, this team's going to be decent this year. I think last year they came out of the gate and were just so awful that they really never had a chance in the Central to begin with. I, for one, lost a lot of interest in them pretty quick. You had guys that Looked like they were just there because they signed the contract and said, yeah, I'll be here. One of the biggest things with signing Correa is what that does in the locker room. It now shifts that leadership in the locker room. It's not just a Josh Donaldson 
in the locker room anymore. Nelly Cruz, great locker room guy. Carlos Correa, people have said, another very good locker room guy. But more importantly, it shifts more of the leadership and onus of this team, Byron Buxton. He's no longer just the nice to have. Hopefully he pans out. Hopefully he stays healthy. No. He becomes a leader in that locker room more than he has been. He becomes the face of the franchise. He becomes the guy. And what does the guy need to do? The guy needs to play. If Byron Buxton can play an entire season and be healthy, you know, Rocco's going to give him days off. He has shown that, that he will give guys days off and give them their rest. And the Twins have done that. You can go back and look at Joe Maurer and his career. I mean, the guy almost never played a Sunday. If he went to a Sunday game, Joe probably wasn't going to play. Baseball's a long season. You do need those those breaks, those reps. But if you can get Buxton out there, and he's playing every day, he has shown that not only is he an all-star caliber player, all dang, he's an MVP if he wanted to be. He has all the tools to be one. You told me you could have Bryce Harper, Mike Trout, or Byron Buxton, and you knew that they were going to stay healthy. Undoubtedly, Byron Buxton. He brings so much to this team. There's a reason that this team is so much better when he's playing and he's on the field. For a while, it was solely defensively. Defensive run saved was out of this world. I know, we're getting into the sabermetrics. Nerds! Yes. Nerds! Nerds! We're, we're, we're not going to get into all that. Not today. But he was. But then, and we saw this at every level, Go ahead. If you don't believe me, go look at baseball reference. Go look at whatever you want and see how Byron Buxton did when he first moved up a tier or a level in minor league baseball. It took him a little while to catch up to, to the pitching, to the speed, to what he was seeing. Obviously, as guys continue to play, there's more scouting reports out on him. And it, it, it took him time at every stop he made to really make an impact offensively. That impact offensively at the major league level, you haven't gotten to see a ton of until last year, primarily due to injury. Now, I hope that what the Twins said to Byron when they sat down with him before Christmas, before the lockout started, was we're going to have you basically even the Mike Trout treatment, the Bryce Harper treatment, where you're going to play deep, and we don't want you stealing 30 bags a year anymore. 
we trust that we have the team around you for you to score. Go ahead, turn that single into a double. Be aggressive still. You can still swipe base when the time permits. But you don't have to go out there and do it every single night. We don't need you crashing into the wall. We don't want to see you diving into the wall. That wall while, while padded, it's still hard. When this guy's running 20 plus miles an hour into it, yeah, you bet it hurts. So I hope they did that to him so that he stays healthy. And if he stays healthy, the dude is a an MVP candidate out the gate. He does so much defensively for this team. And if you're on the bump and you see a ball just hitting the general direction that's in the air towards center field, it's going to get caught. You don't have to watch it. You don't. You know, if the guy's not in second, you just kind of can hang out by the mile. Oh, Buck's got it. Platinum glove Buck. Him and Correa were in the same draft class together, 2012 draft class. Apparently the Twins have a thing for that draft class, and hey, that was a pretty good one to pick from. They also got Duffy in that draft. Obviously a few rounds uh, later than those two, but. We should be excited for the Twins this year. I think realistically the Twins are a wild card team. Are they going to take over the Sox in the Central? Mm. It's going to be tough. Wouldn't surprise me if they did. Oh. No, I can see it. It's going to be a very offensive team again. They're going to rely on defense, something that last year they struggled mightily on. You had the left side of the defense last year that, you know, two, two guys that had been gold glovers that weren't, weren't even close. But now, put Gio over there at third, potential gold glover. I think Gio is going to have a season in which we look back on and the Yankees look back on their trade for, for Donaldson and say, wow, we, uh, we messed that one up. Should have kept Gio here. He's going to have a better season than Donaldson. Partly because he's going to be healthy. Donaldson will not be healthy. We, we know that at this point. The dude doesn't stay healthy. He just doesn't. It's too bad because he is a lot of fun to watch when he does play. Dude brings the energy. I'll never forget when he uh, missed home plate, as he says he missed on that home run in Chicago and then swiped the dirt over it. That was pretty great. It was a fun moment. Him getting kicked out. Gotta love a guy that wants to compete. We all know the biggest thing with our, our Minnesota 9, our local 9, our starting 9, is going to be who's at the number one, who's on the bump. 
we've talked a lot about starting pitching and needing starting pitching, but there's still a bullpen that was pretty shaky last year. You don't have a established closer on this team right now. I'd love if Taylor Rogers could be it again, but he certainly wasn't last year. And you know what? I don't think the Twins need to have a closer. That is going back to some of the numbers, some of the statistics. It's okay, I think, to go into the ninth with a guy that you like facing that part of the lineup. If that means whoever was on the hill in the eighth is our best option, let's go with them. Roll them back out there. That means you're going to, to Duffy in the ninth because he matches up better. Let's do it. It's three lefties in a row. Good freaking luck hitting Taylor Rogers. That nasty slide piece is going to start at your hip and wind up in the right-hander's batter's box. He's going to come back with a two-seam that's going to run in on the hands. Lumber liquidation, Rogers. So we'll see. I think I saw Vegas had had the Twins at like 85 wins. I think that was the betting odd. And honestly, like 85, I it's a really tough number. <laughs> I want to say that I would take the Twins on the over. It was 85 and a half. I think I'd want to take him on the over. It's mm, tough to say that for sure. It's really going to depend on, on, on guys staying healthy. Eighty-one and a half. That's what we have here. DraftKings is saying 81 and a half. I take the over on that easy. Easy. Because this offense is going to be good. They're going to score a lot of runs. They always have. The Twins, for whatever reason, people like, I think it's stuck in the Piranha years where they weren't scoring a ton of runs. Kind of think about the Twins in that light still to this day. With the Twins, it's, it's always looking at yesteryear. How many times do we talk about the 91 World Series or the 87 World Series? We glorify a lot of guys that, I don't know, should they be glorified? Would they be glorified with other organizations? Probably not, but we do here. And that's fine. That's, that's who the Twins are. They're the family-loving organization in town. But I think they get over 81 easy. Again, I think this is a wild-card team. They have enough of the players in place right now where you don't have to necessarily rely on a Miguel Sano this year. I think you can bat him seven. I'll drop him to eight. That's a scary eight-hole hitter all of a sudden. But this lineup has the potential of being a very long lineup. When I say long lineup, I mean there's not easy outs. There's not gimme outs. There's not Angelton Simmons coming up to bat. a long lineup. It's a lineup in which pitchers have to work. 
you don't know that, oh, this guy's coming up, it's an easy out. Strikes out 40% of the time. Well, I guess that is some. But that's okay, because the threat is at least there that he runs into one. And when Miguel is focusing on hitting the ball to all fields, he's a great hitter. Very, very good hitter in that regard. He starts to get a little pole happy. That's when we see him striking out a ton. When he's focused on driving the ball back up the middle and the other way, he stays on it. And when it's an off-speed pitch, he's strong enough then to still stay on it, maybe be a little out front, but put in the left, seat, left field seats. So, yeah, did the Twins win over 81 games this year? Yeah. Did they win 90? No, probably not. Can they flirt with the Central? Maybe. That Sox team is pretty good. South side is... They're in for another good season. Are the Tigers getting better? Yeah. Are the Royals? Yeah. Guardians, still the uh, why they picked the Guardians? Such a dumb name. Sorry for anyone listening in Cleveland, but I mean, the only thing that you're guarding down there is from people leaving your city. No one's trying to go to Cleveland. All right, go on YouTube, look up uh, Cleveland Town. All right, tell me that doesn't ring true. So opening day is coming up. Baseball is here. Feels good to finally say that, knowing that meaningful games will be being played. The Wild continue to stay hot. They're wrapping up their season, and the Wolves only three games left. If they win all three, they have a shot. They got to take care of business. I can't stay. That's it for us here at Triple Play Tuesdays for tonight. Thank you all for listening. Everyone popping into the Facebook Live. Appreciate it. Prime Time Tuesdays. You can follow us on Twitter at Triple Tuesdays. We're on Facebook. Twitter, email us. Let's keep we want to hear from you. We love it when you guys chatter in. Until next week. Keep your eyes on your own bobber and listen for the rattle, folks. I'm fine with staying at the edge of the door. You'll be the life of the party. I'm landing with the